Uh, my name is Dustin, as Brad mentioned. I'm the student pastor here uh, at Hillcrest, and it is my honor uh, to open up God's Word with you this morning. We are currently on our third week of the series that we're doing, Walking Through the Book of Philemon, that focuses in on how we are to live out the gospel. Now, Philemon is a really, uh, really short book consisting of only 25 verses, but as we have seen over the past few weeks, uh, don't let its size fool you. It is, it is power-packed. And if this is your, your first week with us in this series, a short summary of what's going on in the book of Philemon is essentially the book has three main people in it. It has Paul, uh, it has Onesimus, and Philemon. And Onesimus was one of Philemon's uh, slaves who had stolen some money from him and had fled. And while he was fleeing, God ordained a meeting between Paul and Onesimus, and Onesimus becomes a follower of Jesus. And now the book of Philemon is essentially Paul writing a letter to Philemon, urging Philemon to accept Onesimus back. Our first week uh, in this series, we focused on the importance of relationships and, and how the gospel of Jesus Christ should shape all of our relationships. Last week, we were uh, looking at uh, the path uh, to reconciliation and how vital it is to be reconciled to those with whom we have a broken relationship. This week, we are going to look at really the foundation of reconciliation. We are going to be talking about forgiveness and how we can discover freedom through forgiveness. Now, Forgiveness is sometimes a hard topic uh, to talk about, but man, it's, it's a really beautiful thing whenever it is implemented. Billy Graham once said, forgiveness is one of the most beautiful words in the human vocabulary. How much pain and unhappy consequences could be avoided if we all learned the meaning of this word? I love how God strategically lays out the book of Philemon uh, because in it we have the ability to, uh, through this text, to see three different people in three different phases of forgiveness. And in each one of these phases, I think you will agree uh, that we all have stood at some point in our lives. This morning we're going to be looking uh, at how Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon, and, and see what they uh, see what we can learn from them about biblical forgiveness. So we're going to start with Paul. In the book of Philemon, Paul plays a very vital role of wise counsel. He's given wise counsel uh, to Philemon. There are times in your life, there are times in my life, where a relationship has been damaged. And you will either need to seek wise counsel or you will either need to give wise counsel, right? You will play one of those roles. And it's important uh, to realize how pivotal this role is in our lives. You see, with the right counsel, forgiveness can take you from right to righteous. With the right counsel. And let me explain what I mean. Paul provides wise counsel twice in this text. The first time you see this is when he introduces Onesimus to Jesus. We discover this in verse 10 of Philemon, where, where Paul says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. 
I became his father in the faith while here in prison. So we see wise counsel happening here. Secondly, uh, Paul provides wise counsel by reaching out to Philemon and encouraging him to accept Onesimus back and offer forgiveness. Philemon, Philemon had been the victim of a crime and he could easily justify having Onesimus killed, which was really the normal punishment for slaves stealing from masters during this time. So he could have, he could have easily justified that. How, however, Paul was encouraging forgiveness. We have some dear friends who uh, about, uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago, uh, they went to work like normal and in the middle of the day, broad daylight, someone or someone's broke into their home, busted out a window right in the middle of neighborhoods, everything, just knocked out a window, went in, stole all kind of family, um, family heirlooms, uh, some guns, some electronics, just came in and stole it while these people were at work and and we've been communicating back and forth with our friends and, and just hearing their story. And in the middle of, of one of the, one of the uh, emails that we were sending back and forth, the wife says this, and I, I have it here because I think it's just it's really relevant to where we're at this morning. She says this in the middle of her, of her uh, note bag. It says, not going to lie, it's really tough. Some days are hard. I have to remind myself that I am forgiven and I should extend that grace to others, even people that take precious items from my home. And I responded back to her and said, you know, God is writing a beautiful story here. And you guys are showing more people than you realize how to love and forgive as Jesus does for us through this. And you, and you see, the point of forgiveness is not for us just to be right. Right? Philemon could have just decided to just be right and just kill, have Onesimus killed. Our friends, they could have been right by just saying, man, I don't care about this forgiveness thing. I hope the cops bust them and they go to jail for a long time. And listen, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a consequence to your uh, to sin. I'm not saying that at all. But I do think that the our goal as followers of Christ should always be to be righteous, not just right, right. And, and that's what we see. We see that with our friends, and we see that in our scenarios when we choose to be righteous over right. And that actually looks a lot like Jesus. And a lot of the time, this begins by us choosing wisely who we receive advice from. You see, we enjoy getting advice from people who have our backs, right? We enjoy getting advice from people who are on our team, who will tell you whatever it is that you want to hear. We like getting advice from that, right? But, but what I'm telling you is sometimes we need, to speak we need someone to speak truth to us, not just tell us what we want to hear. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul actually says this. says, bad company corrupts good character. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty stern warning, right? You see, when, when you are dealing with something as important as forgiveness, you don't need or you don't need to be 
a hype man, right? We need someone who will speak truth to us. And we need to, as, as James teaches us in James 3, we need, to give, we need someone to give us wisdom from above. And what is wisdom from above? Well, James tells us in James 3, 17, but wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It's peace-loving. It's gentle. It's willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy. It's full of good deeds. Shows no favoritism. It's always sincere. You see, hearing what we want to hear leads to being right. Hearing truth, even when it's hard for us to hear, leads to righteousness. And sometimes we just need to be able to speak that to people or, or accept that when people speak that to us. And I love how Paul doesn't just give advice. He also adds in some accountability. He throws this in at the very end of Philemon, verse 21 and 22. He says, I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Like Paul is essentially saying here, hey, so you're praying for me to get out of prison, so we're expecting God to answer that. And when he does, I'm coming over, so if you could get a room ready for me, that will be awesome. And by the way, I'm going to know if you didn't follow this advice because Onesimus is not going to be there, and that's going to be a really awkward interaction, right? So he's thrown out a little accountability here. But listen, accountability is a good thing. You know, you should give sound, godly guidance. But then you should also follow up to see if it's being taken. That's called being a good friend, right? But Paul, he gives Philemon just one more little nugget of encouragement as he's closing this text out. When he is writing his, his uh, closing remarks in this letter, in verse 24, he's listing out a, you know, several different guys that he is doing ministry with, and he lists the name Mark in that list. Now, why is that important? Well, in, in Acts chapter 13, you guys will remember with me, that Paul is getting ready to leave on his first missionary journey, and part of Paul's team includes Barnabas and also includes a guy named Mark. And, and we don't really know why, but something happens and Mark bails out, right? Mark, Mark leaves, and this does not sit well with Paul at all. Matter of fact, later on in, in Acts, we see uh, that Barnabas is actually wanting to bring Mark back into the mix, and Paul is still so angry that it, it, it actually uh, causes friction between Paul and Barnabas to the point to where we see in, in Acts chapter 15 that Paul and Barnabas decide to split up. And Barnabas takes Mark and they go to, they, they leave for Cyprus with Paul. And, I mean, and then Paul leaves on his second missionary journey. So there's a complete separation here because of this friction caused by Mark. But if you will notice towards the end of verse 24 in Philemon, Mark is listed, but he's also listed as Paul's Co-worker. Clearly, there had been some forgiveness and reconciliation that had occurred in this relationship. And Paul was wanting Philemon to know, hey, I'm not just giving you wise counsel. I'm also living this. I'm not just telling you what to do. This is what I have done, and it has worked. And church, what I want to tell you this morning is that you never need to underestimate the power of your story and the effect that it has on other, other lives. You should be willing to give wise counsel 
and do that from a stage of, man, this is what God's already shown me and what God has already done. But listen, you need to be real careful and make sure you are also following that wise counsel. Forgiveness takes you from just being right to being righteous. The second uh, key person in the book of Philemon is Onesimus. And from his story, we can learn that forgiveness takes you from wrecked to restoration. Forgiveness can take you from wrecked to restoration. Onesimus needs to be forgiven. And now listen, this one's a little harder for us because it's one thing to talk about giving wise counsel or receiving wise counsel. It's a whole other thing because this one gets a little more personal when we start talking about asking for forgiveness because that means that we have to admit that we've done something wrong. And we don't like to do that. But here's the deal. I, I, I don't know, but I, I think God kind of knows this about us, that we struggle with this. I mean, we see that all the way back whenever uh, in, in the garden where Adam and Eve first rebelled against God and, and God confronts them. And we don't see Adam and Eve fall into their knees in repentance. What we see is immediate finger pointing. Oh, well, she did this. Oh, well, the servant did this. We see finger pointing and try to justify the actions, right? God knows us and he knows our struggle. That's why in, in Luke chapter 11, when the disciples are asking Jesus how to pray, Eric was teaching this in, in, chapel, in staff chapel this past week. When Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray, one of the things that he says there is, forgive us our sins. Because Jesus knew that we would struggle in this area. Saying that we are sorry for something we've done is hard. And it's, and it's hard for a couple reasons. One, it's hard because we just don't know what to say. Like we just don't know how to say that we are sorry, right? It is so bad that I looked online, proflowers.com, an online florist. I called it a floristry in the first service. I don't even think that's a word, okay? An online florist. And in this, with this online florist, there are 61 pre-made apology cards ready for you to go, Right? We are so bad at saying we're sorry that we are relying on an online florist to apologize for us, right? So husband makes wife mad. He gets online. I'm going to order her some real nice flowers. I don't know how to say I'm sorry, so I'm going to search through these. Yep, that one looks good. Copy, paste my name over the author's name. We're good, right? Until you read some of these. Let me give you a couple of examples. Here is one of the ones you can choose as you say sorry to your spouse. Uh, the homepage of our relationship cannot currently be displayed because of a server error. Can we please click on the refresh button and start over again? I'm sorry. Okay, so that's, that's one of them. Here's another option for you. Uh, I'm sorry for making you lose your temper, but if I'm being honest, you look smoking hot when your temper boils over. Okay, I don't know. Could work. Might. I don't know. Uh, my personal favorite is this one, though. An apology is a good way to have the last word. My favorite part of this one is author unknown because nobody's dumb enough to put their name on that, right? Like that is such a bad idea. Listen, we just don't know how to say we're sorry, right? 
So that's part of the problem. But saying that we're sorry for something that we have done is hard also because it means swallowing our pride and admitting fault. And that is hard. But listen to me, that is absolutely necessary for forgiveness to take place. We learn what, what, uh, what, what God thinks about pride actually in the book of James where James clearly says God opposes the proud but favors the humble. But listen, humility is key to restoration. And, and humility was key for Onesimus as well. To return back to the person you had stolen from takes a big dose of humbleness, right? To go back to that the person you've stolen from, and you've got to swallow your pride to do that. But here's the thing. The, the book of Philemon just kind of ends right after this. And we don't really know what happens. But there are a few indications that we can pull out of this text to see uh, what more than likely transpired. First of all, it's, you know, it's in the Bible, right? Why would it be in the Bible if it just ended with Philemon being like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not forgiving that. Like, there's not a lot for us, for us to learn from that, right? So it's in the Bible, so that's some kind of indication that there was probably some forgiveness that happened. But something interesting shows up about 50 years later when the new bishop of Ephesus is introduced. And you care to, give, you care to guess his name? His name is Onesimus. Now, based on the timing and the fact that the name Onesimus would have been very uncommon, especially among, among a group of leadership, most scholars believe that this is the same Onesimus of Philemon. And wouldn't that be just like Jesus? I mean, wouldn't that look just like Jesus? I mean, who else can take a businessman like Philemon and transform him into a stunning picture of generosity? Who else can take a thief and transform him into a leader of one of the most important churches in the ancient world? And who else can take a wreck in your life and transform it into a restored piece of beauty? Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus. Forgiveness takes you from wrecked to restoration. And the last... Uh, key person in the book of Philemon that I want us to look at this morning is Philemon himself. You know, from his story, we can learn that forgiveness takes you from victim to victor. Forgiveness can take you from victim to victor. Like Philemon, you and I have been hurt in the past. We have walked through some hurts. But also, like Philemon, when those hurts are present, we have the option to forgive or not to forgive. And again, I, God knew that we would go through hurts. He knew that. And that's why he included the rest of verse 4 in Luke 11 when he's teaching the disciples to pray. Because he not only says, forgive us our sins, he also says, as we forgive those who sin against us. And listen, I understand this is a big one, right? It's one thing to give advice. It's another thing to swallow our pride and ask for forgiveness. But it's, it's, a, it's a whole new level when you start talking about forgiving someone who has wronged you. 
And you may say to me this morning, Dustin, you, you have no idea what's been done to me. And you would be correct. Because I possibly don't know that, right? But you know who does? Your heavenly Father knows that. And your heavenly Father cares. And he has never taken his eye off of you. And he hurts right beside you. And he has seen every tear that's rolled down your cheek. Matter of fact, in Psalm 56, we learn that he keeps track of all your sorrows and he collects your tears in a bottle and has recorded each one of them. And this same God who loves us that much has instructed us to forgive. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says it really clear. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You know, one of, my, one of my favorite Disney movies of all time is The Lion King. Love The Lion King, right? I love the scene towards the end whenever, uh, whenever Rafiki is confronting Simba about returning home to the Pride Land. And, and in that, he is say, telling Simba, like, it's time for you to go back. It's time for you to return home and to take your rightful place as king. And in this scene of the movie, there's an interaction that starts with, with uh, Simba saying this. I've been running from my past for so long. And Rafiki has this little stick, right? And he picks up the stick and he just wears Simba out on the head with it, right? He just hits him right over the head. And Simba was like, Why? ouch, why did that, you do that? And Rafiki says, it doesn't matter, it was in the past, doesn't matter, it's in the past. And Simba says, yeah, but it still hurts. And Rafiki says this, yep, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or you can learn from it. He tries to hit Simba in the head again and Simba ducks and he learns from it, right? Forgiveness doesn't make the past disappear doesn't make the past disappear, but it does release you from carrying that weight around on your shoulders. And as a follower of Christ, Philemon understood that in order to move from victim to victor, this concept of forgiveness was a must, which is another indication of of that he forgave Onesimus. You see, like Philemon, We have to understand that as a follower of Jesus Christ, we really don't have a choice on whether or not we forgive. C.S. Lewis once stated, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And, And that's our reality. Our transactions and our transgressions were so bad that they resulted in Jesus being nailed to a cross in our place. And in that moment, he cries out, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And as we get ready to kind of finish this up this morning, I want you to see that the real beauty in the book of Philemon is how the gospel is so prevalent and our story is intertwined all in there because you and I, we are 
Onesimus. Everyone in this room is Onesimus. We have broken the relationship with our master. Every one of us. And just as Paul did with Philemon in in verse 18, when he says, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. That's what Jesus did for us when he died in our place for our sin on our cross. Jesus paid our debt. It's what theologians call the doctrine of imputation. To impute means to put on an account. And when Jesus died on the cross, my sins were put on his account and he was treated the way that I should have been treated. And when you trust him as your savior, it means that his righteousness is put on your account and now God accepts you in Jesus. And then Jesus says to the Father, he no longer owes you a debt because I paid it fully on the cross. Receive him as you would receive me. Let him come into the family circle. And listen to me, guys, that is off the charts forgiveness. Off the charts forgiveness. And if we are going to, and listen, this is big. If we are going to accept that type of forgiveness, then we have to be willing to grant that type of forgiveness. We can't accept all this forgiveness and be like, no, I'm not giving it. It's counterintuitive. As a Christian, forgiveness must be in our DNA. It's just who we are. As followers of Christ, it's just what we do. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, forgiveness is not an occasional act, it's a constant attitude. And and that's especially true for followers of Jesus. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. And so the question that I just want to end with this morning is is just really simple. Is what is God telling you to do this morning? Like what is it that he is prompting you to do? I mean, is, is it time for you to fix this broken relationship? And listen, I challenge the first service, same thing with you guys. Listen, that relationship that's broken might not even be one in this room. And listen, let me challenge you to do something right now because if you and, and I know, is if you walk out this door and you don't do something about it, the chances of you actually doing something about it decrease drastically. So I would challenge you to pull your phone out and text whoever that relationship is, is broken with right now and just say, hey, can I call you this afternoon? Is it really worth it? Maybe you need to fix a broken relationship. Maybe there's someone in this room that you do need to ask forgiveness from. Maybe it's someone in here that there's something going on and you just need to, and you just need to go put your arm around them and just be like, man, I, I have really blown this. Husbands, wives, maybe there's something going on in your marriage that you just, you just need to swallow your pride and say, you know what, I've been really wrong about this. Or maybe you've been carrying around something on your shoulders for years and the weight of it is just overwhelming and you just need to leave it at the feet of Jesus today. You need to choose to follow the example of Philemon and just forgive. 